And hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from Z2 Chinese Z. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop here on another uh, fantastic Friday for Torture Port 538. Learning to thrive in the midst of chaos by rejecting the gaslighting and lies. <laughs> How's that for a headline, friends? Sometimes you, you just got to take the beast by the horns and suck it up with a couple of deep breaths. So that's what we're going to get into today. I apologize for being just a little bit late uh, getting this out today. Uh, I'm not even going to get into any excuses. I'm just going to go ahead and jump right in by asking one of my most favorite questions. What's real right now? What's real right now? You know, well, if you were to go out and check out the news today, you'd learn that Biden's economy is booming, that our elections are safe and secure, that the 2020 election was was the most secure election in U.S. history. The vaccines are safe and effective. Donald Trump is a rapist. MAGA is a movement of radical extremists. Ukraine has a path to victory against Russia. Attacking Iran is the only path to peace. And Fidel Castro is an American martyr. <laughs> All of those articles are out there in the news today, friends. When we see things like that, we realize that, you know what? This is really a game of choose your own reality. Take your pick. You know, what do you want to believe? The vaccines are safe and effective. You know, that's the most secure election ever. Whatever. You know, my uh, my knee-jerk instinct, of course, is to viciously obliterate all of these bald-faced lies, but it feels like today, you know, I think our time would be better spent letting the lies fall where they lie, so to speak. Uh, There are too many people drinking the Kool-Aid, and we need to only acknowledge the fact, I think, millions of millions of Americans believe these ridiculous lies. And when we acknowledge that people are drinking the Kool-Aid, we just need to knock the dust off our boots and walk on in search of practical solutions. Uh, As Americans on the left and the right both continue to whistle past the graveyard as the government continues to cook the books to boost Joe Biden, as the administration makes every effort to ensure that our southern invasion continues unabated, and of course as the MIC and the money-grubbing war hawks in Washington, D.C. continue to push us ever closer to World War III, I'm, I'm reminded of just how powerful gaslighting can be. You know, all of this is just gaslighting. It's it's blatant and intentional lies. It's conditioning people to question their own sanity. Could this really be happening? Yeah, it's happening. You know, but why is this happening? What's going on behind the curtain? You know, what we're witnessing right now is a form of cleverly induced collective psychosis. As previously reported by your favorite fuzzy peasant, you know, there's a science to this level of psychological manipulation, manipulating the masses at scale. Matter of fact, back in Torch Report 200, how they hack your mind. Boy, that was a fun time, Torch Report 200. Uh, Back then, we were learning about how our minds can be profoundly influenced by physiological means through the inducement of nervous nervous excitement. And of course, that nervous excitement leads to a state of increased suggestibility and mental confusion. This is coming from the work, uh, The Battle of the Mind by William Sargon. And I, I was getting into a bunch of different books back then, really trying to understand and wrap my head around how my head's being hacked. Right. And this is how they do it. Physiological, uh, the inducement of nervous excitement that that creates this inner suggestibility, mental confusion and all of that. And this science 
ultimately allows for a variety of, and range of religious viewpoints, you know, that's what, that's what the book said, a uh, variety and range of religious viewpoints, a.k.a. political viewpoints, to be, quote-unquote, firmly implanted. They can firmly implant these religious and political viewpoints in the public's mind. Now, in simplest terms, that means that the elites have long understood exactly how to convince the public pretty much of any damn near anything they want, you know? And now with the advent of weaponized artificial intelligence and social listening and sentinel surveillance and algorithmic social interventions, now their capacity to capture and fracture the public psyche has been taken to an entirely new level. It's, it's mind-boggling what they're doing right now. Now, all of that said, the obvious question must be asked. Luke, what the hell can we do about it? You know, what can be done? What can we do about this systemic physiological hacking of humanity? What can we do about it? Now, the good news is, friends, there is a science to enslaving the mind. Just like that science to enslaving the mind exists, there is also a science to liberating the mind from mental slavery, uh, uprooting the firmly implanted lies and illusions, uh, subsequently stepping out of the mental cage and all of that kind of stuff. It requires uh, elevated awareness and a summoned willpower, if you will. This is, the, there's a, again, there's a science to it. We're going to kind of get into this today. I want to dork out on a little bit because this is the tool that we need for ourselves to equip ourselves to, to deal with this onslaught of mental manipulation. In order for us to, you know, uproot the firmly implanted lies, to uproot, to escape the illusions, to step out of the mental cage and free ourselves from mental slavery, we have to elevate our inner awareness and muster and summon the will to resist, because resist we must. And that requires effort and concentration. So this morning I, I, I was reading a really great essay, an excellent essay that was titled Gaslighting, the Psychology of Shaping Another's Reality and How Mass Perception is Manufactured. The author is a lady named Cynthia Chung, and she boils it all down. Quote, if we choose to walk in this life blind to what is the good, if we reject the possibility and potential for a positive change, we will certainly condemn ourselves to living in a hell. But that is not reality. That is our self-affirmed creation. The choice is ours to make, and the solution is rather simple. It is through our own self-will that we can walk out of this mental prison and it is our own self who will have to become our hero in the process. Period. End quote. I need a hero. No, I am a hero. You're a hero. We all have to be our own heroes. We have to kind of bootstrap ourselves by mustering that will and that focus to step out of the mental prison. That's what she's really saying. She's saying where the focus goes, the energy flows. What Cynthia is saying here is that when we become blind to what is good in life, we inadvertently condemn ourselves to living in a self-affirmed hell. Life sucks. The sky is falling. You know, the whole world's coming apart at the seams. And if we believe those things and we, we you know, focus on those things, then certainly we're going to feel that way. And that's kind of like living in a living hell because there's nothing that we can do about it. But reversing that thought, it's by 
focusing on what is good in life, even in the midst of all the chaos, the many little things that we have to be grateful for, when we focus on what is good in life, then we step out of the illusions of doom and gloom. It's like taking a load off, if you will. And I acknowledge this may seem pretty self-explanatory, like, yeah, duh, I get it, you know, but it's worth pointing out and really you know, focusing on the fact that this process impacts us at the physiological level. The, the gratitude releases, when we choose to focus on the little things that we have to be grateful for, the gratitude releases the happy hormones that directly combat the stress. And that provides us, really provides us with a workable strategy that we can use to battle against all of the nervous excitement, the nervous unknowing, the confusion, the uncertainty that they're using to heighten suggestibility and, and kind of push us towards seeking answers. If we, if we let go of that and turn and focus on the little things that we're grateful for, just that simple little exercise Grounding ourselves in gratitude releases the happy hormones and it changes. It creates a physiological cha- uh, shift on the inside. And that, in turn, I think, gives us some mental resilience against all of these implanted ideas, says Cynthia Chung. The choice is ours to make. And the solution is rather simple. It is through our self-will that we can walk out of this mental prison, period, powerful Quote, you know, it's, it's good, good stuff. The mental prison, friends, the mental prison is fear and stress and confusion. All it takes to reduce fear, stress, and confusion is to recognize the power of our own free will. We do not have to be afraid or feel stress. Even when we're facing imminent threats and in, uh, stressful situations, we can, we can manage that. We can manage the emotion. We can marshal the mindset. We do not have to be afraid or feel stress. We do not have to allow ourselves to be confused. And yet, many, 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 many people, the vast majority of people, I believe, fail to realize that this, you know, these very visceral experiences, feeling stress is a visceral thing. We feel it in our bodies. We can overcome that, though, through the power of choice. We can change what's going on in our body, our physiological response, the circulation of various hormones and such. And in essence, that means that we can choose to opt out of feeling this way or that. How are we feeling? We're in a funk. Well, we can get out of that funk. If you were with me yesterday, I was in a funk. I was in a mood. I just closed my eyes, took a couple deep breaths, shifted. You know, where was my focus at? Elevated my inner awareness and all that. We can opt out of the negative feelings, the stress, and the confusion. And we do so by shifting our mental focus, by cultivating a positive and empowering mindset, a positively empowering mindset. Now, the most powerful tool that we have to do this is the power of our breath. Now, we breathe all the time. We don't really think about it that much. But breath control, as I used to tell my yoga students, breath control is the most basic building block of self-control. When we learn to control our breathing, we learn to control our heart rate and our emotional state of mind. Breath control is the most basic building block of self-control. And of course, with anything, it takes practice, right? As with anything, we, it takes practice. But with sufficient repetition... 
using various breathing techniques, controlling our breath becomes second nature. We begin to notice when we're holding our breath. When's the last time I took a big, deep breath and all of that kind of stuff? And there, you know, there are lots of different things. You know, the Navy SEALs, they got their breathing techniques and all of that. So depending on the circumstance, there's probably a breathing technique that can be directly applied, but you got to take the time to learn these things. However, once you've internalized this habit of better breathing, becoming aware of your breath and taking slow, deep breaths a little bit more frequently. By the way, the tool of better breathing, that's one of the tools of transformations that I've done a lot of workshops on. I've been thinking about pitching that here to the audience. Uh, Anyway, but for today, you know, I want you to understand the tool of better breathing is a tool that creates an internal physiological shift, and you can access that anytime that you need to. And that means that anytime you need an energetic boost, you need more mental clarity, it's never far away. So long as you learn to recognize the need, so long as you learn to tune in to your own mental and emotional state, what's going on with your breath, is it short and shallow, is it choppy, is it long and smooth, you know, all this kind of stuff. When you learn to tune into that and you've practiced it enough to be proficient, you are going to be empowered in ways that you probably never even imagined. Now, interestingly enough, uh, learning to work with your breath also increases willpower. So breath control is the most basic building block of self-control. Learning to work with your breath increases willpower, which in turn provides a greater sense of empowerment. It feeds into a greater degree of grit, determination, and tenacity. You know, that for that reason... This, you know, and I'm drawing upon my personal experience here, by the way, friends. It's something I'm passionate about. It matters because it really changed my life when these things finally clicked and, you know, sunk in. Uh, through, you know, drawing from my personal experience, it's, you know, by, by controlling the breath, this is what I learned, you know. Because I can control my breath, I can control my mind. And because I can control my breath and I can control my mind, that means that I can control my brain and I can control my body. And that means that I am in charge. Me, not my monkey brain, not even my broken body as I was having to learn the hard way. Uh, I'm in charge. The spirit within me, that indomitable spirit within. And if I am in charge... The positive possibilities for my life become as endless as my ability to make productive choices. I can get, you know, I can step out of the pattern of self-induced suffering. I can step out of the illusions. I can bootstrap myself up with my own free will and the power of choice all by using my breath to overcome the hacking that's happening at the mental emotional level. Not, no longer am I the victim of circumstance then. Right? The whole world's going to hell, but I'm not a victim of circumstance. Even if I was trapped in a broken body, as I was, you know, when I was first getting in, you know, to applying this stuff, uh, I'm the still, I'm the master of my destiny. I'm the captain of my soul, and so are you. Now, <laughs> I know it kind of seems childish. It's almost silly to say these kind of things out loud. Like, I'm the master of my destiny, captain of my soul. But, friends, these are very very profound truths. These are precisely the truths that are being buried under the relentless deluge of propaganda that would have us believe that we're helpless. We can't change the course of fate. Everything's way out of our control. There's nothing that we can do to stop it. Our fate is being dictated by powerful global forces and doom is in fact inevitable. That's what they want us to believe. But don't buy the lies, 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 I tell you. You know, we, while all of this stuff that we're talking about is going on, 
and we can kind of understand, you know, all right, you know, if I can get control of my head a little bit, I don't have to be a victim of circumstance. We can understand that. It's pretty easy to understand. But there's a common pitfall here I want to focus on as we uh, as we begin to wrap this up a little bit. But the the common pitfall even when we're aware of the fact that our minds are being messed with, that mental tampering is a threat, even when we understand how to discipline our minds and muster the will to resist, there is still a loophole that allows the powers that be to mess with our minds the way that a cat plays with a mouse, if you will. And that loophole is overconfidence. It's ego. Uh, Cynthia's article was providing a little bit of a warning on this. She says, quote, It was thus our deeply programmed survival instinct that was found to be the key to the suggestibility of our minds, that the best survivors made for the best brainwashing, in a sense, that since the focus was purely on adaptation to the environment in order to survive and not in questioning nor challenging the surrounding circumstances, end quote, just to unpack that a little bit here. She's, you know, why, why she's saying that the best survivors are found to be the e- easiest targets for brainwashing. Why is that? Again, she's quoting Sargant and others. It's because the reason that the best survivors are the easiest targets for brainwashing is because their focus is solely on survival. It's logically adapting to the circumstance in order to survive and stave off the worst case scenario. That, however, is a hang up. That's the loophole, you know, the because Our minds cannot distinguish between what is a real and imaginary threat, and neither can our minds make the distinction between real and imaginary stress. So if we think that it's a threat, if we think that it's, you know, a stressful circumstance, we're going to feel that. And that mind, you know, that it's, 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 it's like one plus one equals two, friends. It's all, it's, they can push the buttons with logical precision. This is why psychological operations are so damn effective, but... Once we understand that this loophole exists, that our survival instinct can be activated by an imaginary threat, and that as strong survivors, we are highly susceptible to these suggestions because we want to survive, you know, we can learn to question the veracity of circumstance and challenge the perception that impending doom is inevitable. And when we question the veracity, when we challenge the perspective, the perception, that's how we can free ourselves. That's the function of discernment. We were recently discussing this uh, back in Torch Report 533, uh, the, the secrets of discernment and learning to trust yourself. That's pretty cool stuff. Uh, it's using our inner awareness to monitor our thoughts suspending emotional reactions and what appears to be rational decision-making. It appears to be rational, but we got to suspend that long enough to reestablish and maintain our connection with natural, factual, actual reality, the reality that exists outside of our heads. Here again, friends, I think that uh, we can find grounding ourselves in gratitude is the most powerful and useful exercise. We ask ourselves, what is real right now? Why, I am alive. I'm a living, breathing human being. I have a heartbeat, and that means that I have free will, and I can exercise the incredible raw power of choice. I can choose what to believe. I can choose how to think, and I can and I will choose how I want to feel about things. Though much of reality is beyond my control, there is still so much that I can control. I can literally control my heartbeat, my brain, and my body. I can control my reactions and my physiological responses, and I can do all of this stuff 
with the power of my breath. Once I've assumed the captain's seat, I can make choices and direct my physical and mental energy toward positive, productive outcome. No ma- outcomes, no matter how incremental or small. Friends, we can use each little victory to gain traction and accelerate our lives in a positive direction. These truths hold true even when the sky is falling. <laughs> Perhaps, friends, the most profound internal shift we can make relative to the never-ending gaslighting about a hung election in the Civil War, World War III, economic collapse, global famine, digital enslavement, and on and on. The most profound internal shift we can make is to realize that not only can we survive all of the above and so much more, we can actually choose to thrive throughout the process. Friends, never let them steal your joy. And that is the message of my heart for today. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to go to the website, thetorchreport.com. Find the heart, click the heart, and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this fine, fantastic, fabulous Friday. Have a wonderful weekend. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.